This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by FrameBridge. Save hundreds of dollars by framing your photos and art with FrameBridge. Prices start at just $39 and all shipping is free. Visit FrameBridge.com right now and use promo code BCPOD to save 15% off your first order. That's FrameBridge.com, promo code BCPOD for 15% off today. Today's show is also sponsored by CISO. The new ad-free streaming service brings users a nearly endless supply of top-shelf comedy, man. Head over to CISO.com right now to receive your first two months for free. Free by entering promo code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. That's S-E-E-S-O dot com for two months of hilarious comedy for free with promo code Bad Christian. Today's show, lastly but certainly not least, is sponsored by Movement. It's time to step up your watch game with classic designs and quality construction starting at just $95. Right now, our listeners get 15% off their entire order with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com. That's mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. That's mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod for 15% off your order. You are now entering the Bad Christian Comedy Club. It is good to be here in the Northwest, all right, where it is so fresh and so green, especially the marijuana. I love it. I love it. Now, here's the thing. I am totally pro-legalizing marijuana. I'm legalizing the weed, but it takes away some of the joy, some of the fun that used to, I used to have with smoking marijuana because it was wrong. I mean, it used to go... We're going to get so busted, man. <laughs> now that's all gone. But I'll tell you what's not gone being up here in the Northwest is that Joey's coming up. I'm already here. Matt's already here. Joey's coming up for the Christmas party, and it's going to be so fun. And we are going to actually rebroadcast all the artists that Tuesday for what we're calling next week's podcast, BC Global. And you can only... Watch it if you sign up. So go to badchristian.com and sign up right now for BC Global. It's the podcast, the Christmas podcast for everybody that didn't get to fly into Seattle and come to the one live. Now, here's the other thing. My good friend, Joe, my, my good friend Devin Shelton, just is putting out an album. It's called Sensation. It's unbelievable. I mean, Devin has been a worship leader now for years, and now he's putting out an R&B record which is crazy. It just shows you how good a musicianship is in uh, Emory because two weeks ago, Devin was leading worship. And this week, Devin led my wife and I to, you know, after listening to his album, to having sex in our bedroom, listening to his album. It's crazy. I mean, two weeks ago, Devin had me singing, our God is an awesome God. This week, Devin has me saying, a God, a God, a God. Thank you guys so much. I'm Toby Morrell. Up next... Next comedian, Matthew Carter. Give it up. Guys, it's great to be here. It really is. My name is Matt. It is great to be here. You guys having a good time? Woo! Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, I started a clothing line recently. Uh, it's called BC.Supply. 
clever URL. I know you'd like that. Now, I'm going to give you all some <laughs> tips about this. You're going to start a clothing <laughs> line. Um, here's the thing. It's like a, it's gold. It's a get-rich-quick scheme, basically, because all you do, you throw a – you get a logo. Somebody make it for you for $25. Uh, you get a Squarespace site. What is that, $7 a month? You slap the logo on the T-shirt, you start selling it. That's how a clothing line works. So bc.supply for that. Um, and Oh, yeah, another thing I've learned on that is uh, Singapore's sweatshop game is on point. It really is. It, you can't believe what you can get for three cents in Singapore. It's unbelievable. But, no, seriously, we do it all. It's all USA. We, we got stuff made in North Carolina, Utah. The stuff's great. It's good quality stuff. Um, we spent like 10 grand on the design, to tell you the truth. We spent five grand on inventory, more than five grand on photography and the website already. So it, it uh, and then we launched last week. The, the BC.supply is actually live now, and we've earned over $100 in the last week. <laughs> Seriously. So, you know, we're 25 grand in. So we're really looking to 2022 is going to be our first year of profit. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, speaking of profit, there's other ways you got to earn money out there, uh, writing books and selling books. So I figured, we, why don't we get into that? Maybe we could get rich doing that. My friend, Joey Svensson. You guys yeah. know Joey Svensson? Yeah. My, my friend, Pastor Joey Svensson, wrote a book recently. It's called Fundamentalist. And uh, it's about how crazy he is in the head. And he wrote this all down in a book and figured, we figure we're going to sell that thing. So you can Get that at badchristian.com. And uh, you guys know Joey. He's tall guy, pastor, bald. And people always ask him about, ask me about him being bald. They're like, does he shave? Does he, is that just a fashion look or whatever? They say, why is Joey bald? And I say, well, what's there to know? He's a dickhead. <laughs> of course he's bald. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, give it up All for right. Matthew Carter, ladies right, and thank gentlemen. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. We've got a great show for you. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Beatbox it. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. And we bring it to you live. And, and we're real. And we're Christians. But we sin. <laughs> and we love it. Because we sin mostly sexually. If you had to say what the most sin you do is, is it sexual? <laughs> like percentage-wise, like you don't you don't hurt people that much. <laughs> you, know, you don't steal. You don't you know you don't murder all the. I mean, wouldn't percentage-wise sex be the most sin you do? Probably, Joe, so. Pastor Joey. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, all right, let's not let's just just let's interrupt Sorry. there. Let's make sure we get Sorry. the show off on a good key. That was a great start. Um, what we're going to do tonight, we are going to talk a lot about your book. We've got Jake Lures from August Burn Red. August Burns Red is going to be on in a little while. And tonight actually is a, it's a special night because Joey's book release is today. His book's called oh, Fundamentalist. And uh, so we wanted to set that up. We've, you know, we do these intros. We're doing this show live. Uh, Toby's in town, obviously, if you're watching this on video. Hell you yes. see that. Now, Joey, I want you to know. We ins we were inspired to do the intro a little different tonight, just to do something fun. So I hope you like the stand up comedy. Toby I and I, I went sure last did, night to a open mic night in Seattle at Comedy Underground. We it watched so all amazing. the comedians, and we said, "Well, we got this brick wall. We thought the lights looked so funny on it. We thought we would, you know, yeah. pretend like we were standing." I think up there was close to second. forty comedians that were up there last night. So it was just local people trying out their craft, trying out their jokes on stage, and they each had like what three to five minutes. Yeah. It was very inspiring, actually. So many were of they, them. Were they some bombs? Like, so many bombs. Just suck? So many. Yeah, well, I mean, some just like were this. amazing. Like, it was really great. That, that was the thing. Like, 
Here, here's the thing. When you say somebody, like Matt and I just did really poorly. Yeah, that's bombing. <laughs> but, that's but, bomb. But the thing is, like, some of those people are really working on it. Like, you have to really give them credit to stand up in front of somebody and say a joke is so terrifying. Like, before I yeah. did it, even though we're just, we're, we're actually joking about doing it. Like, I was a little nervous just now. I mean, it's really intense. Like, I mean, I wonder if maybe it's similar to being a pastor, you know, getting up in front of people and, you know, preaching the word, but it's, this is your it's own so creation. Similar. Like, we, Matt and I came up with these jokes and we're like, ah, oh, let's just do it. We'll, it'll be a goof and it'll be really yeah. funny. But I was actually kind of nervous because it's very hard getting in front of people and doing that, which is funny because I'm a singer. I get up in front of people and perform all the time, but like actually doing comedy is very scary. Well, there are a lot of parallels with comedy and pastors. And here, part of the reason why is I think a lot of pastors mimic, emulate, study stand up comedians because that, that format is so so serious and so right. good. And so I've heard a lot of pastors that, that they do that, they study Chris Rock and get up there. And I mean, that's how pastors break the ice all the time. And it's not that different than stand-up comedy. They write the jokes. Yeah. The difference with the pastors is it's a much easier crowd. It's their crowd. Right. People know it. There's no hecklers. I mean, you know, it's yeah. real easy for a pastor to get up there and do I, jokes, I mean, but some of them are, are brilliant at it. Yeah. I, well, I remember Joey, when he would preach, you know, the, it, there's some certain Sundays at James Island that Joey would preach. And I mean, his jokes were always like racist and yeah, like really a lot of racist. The, yeah. the crowd would just die <laughs> yeah. laughing. A lot of racist. I mean, it was, just, it was you, sexist hey, and racism. Was rea- Joey's, what? I did not even realize that. I wasn't even trying to be racist. Do you think that's why most of our congregants are white? Yeah. Is there any tie? Yeah, you ran off yeah. all the minorities with your racist yeah. jokes. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, man. <laughs> that sucks. Hey, Joey, I do want to ask you this kind of interesting question, though. When you plan your sermon, do you input jokes like, hey, this is where a joke will go? Honestly? Yeah. No, no, no. Don't a, be honest. <laughs> that is that is a step in that that is one of my steps. After I like one of the last steps, I will make sure that I have not like too much material that goes by without making people laugh. And so here's he calls what's it crazy material. Is, yeah, you call it material. You're yeah. A comedian. Here's dude. here's what is like I over the years I've preached many sermons and I can pretty much guarantee a laugh like because I've messed up so many times like seriously I've messed up so many times I know what is going to be a guaranteed laugh now there's some can you give where us I'm a like I'm going to try this one but there's a good chance they you know there's do maybe you remember a 20% any of your jokes can you guaranteed give me a guaranteed laugh like what do you mean uh, by I that? mean that's hard to think of the top of my head. What, what, but. when you say guaranteed laugh, do you mean like about a certain topic or something or, or are you just No, 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 like a specific joke. Like uh I'll give you an example. Like this this would be a guaranteed laugh and I'll, I'll say this because I've used it before. Like I'll mention, you know, when my wife and I started dating and man, I would take her to Applebee's because when I was growing up, man, I mean Applebee's that you know, everybody says Applebee's is no good. Dude, that was, you know, the jam back in my day. And, you know, just talk about the chicken finger basket, man. And, and the black laughing. and chicken. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just guaranteed laugh. Good guaranteed Lord. Laugh. I should have been a pastor. Oh, I mean, a pastor punchline could be chicken finger basket. <laughs> Applebee's. I thought it was I mean, nice. It, 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 the deliver- it has to be Talking delivered well, dressing. obviously. How about this, like, uh, pastor's like, what is the deal with this predestination? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these predestined people? <laughs> Guys, I know you're worried about your kids growing up and doing the right thing. Don't worry. They'll be annihilated soon. <laughs> <laughs> 
do y'all think com do, do you think comedy is a uh is kind of ref, a reflection or is there a parallel with music like Beatles they're never going away they will always be at a high level of of esteem uh but music keeps getting better and better and better and better is comedy the same way like Eddie Murphy he's oh, always right, yeah. going no, to be unbelievable no but it. yeah there's classic. comedy just keeps yeah. getting better and better no doubt about it i mean most most mediums well no that's not true of every medium but i think with comedy for sure i'll tell you two mediums that are just out of control that are getting so much better so fast is just television yeah is yeah. Un- I don't I think movies is in the tank. I think movies suck now, but TV's unreal and comedy is just no disrespect to the people that came before, but people are figuring it out. The resources as an individual thing, you can research it so much. There's more there's just more out there and it just keeps getting better and better. And at some but then you look at mediums like music and it just at some points in music history it just turns oh, everything's just plastic pop weird stuff. And there's maybe yeah. indie underground movements. And same with movies. It's like everything's got to be a Transformer movie or a superhero now. Right. Like we're going to look back at this time in movies and go, it, everything was so dumb. Like it was so dark and serious, an epic version of Battleship. That's our yeah. movies now. Like when you look back at this area, that's what you, era, that's what you'll see. And in music, you just go back and like there was good times like in the '90s where anything could get on the radio, and now, it, what what are we doing? So well, well, it's we live in a great time for art. Like, I mean, it's the best time in in my recent history, in my recollection of what comedy and art and music is going to be. Because we live in a time right now where people are super burnt out on political correctness. But at the same time, yeah. we have a president that says all this crazy shit, <laughs> or you know, yeah. president elect, and so it's this weird dichotomy of man, we want to, we, we're so tired of not being able to say what we want to say, but we wish that guy would shut the fuck up, you know, you know what I mean? Right. And so it's like this weird time where music's going to be great. Like we have a president where music can be great again. You C- think music will get said. better because yeah. Of- yeah, I mean, I mean, the think about like the punk scene and the retaliation of the system and all that That's stuff. Interesting. Like, I mean, there, might there, be right. there's, there's a really good opportunity now for art in general to just be amazing. Yeah, I, that's probably, I mean? that's a really good point because the same Vietnam and there's other times. I mean, I guess it goes right. up and down, but I think comedy, for instance, is is in really good shape, but also just the communication abilities that we have. And we're going to talk about your book tonight, but the fact that somebody like you can have a book and put it out and just literally ramble crazy shit about your life in a book that can speak to people and they can get it is is really crazy. And what we're doing right now, I feel very privileged about because what's really happening right now is we're just joking around with stuff like comedy. We just, we right. have this opportunity to do this. You're writing a book. Toby and I, we were working on the Matt and Toby record this week. Uh, Devin and Dave fly to town tomorrow and we're going to write Emory songs. And this is how I make my living and my career is just doing fun shit that I really like, that I'm not that good at some of it. I'm good at some of it. And the stuff I'm not good at now I might be good at later. And it's just a really unbelievable time that the stuff we're doing is it, it works and we can scrap together careers and podcasts and musical careers. It's really bizarre, but it, it, it's it, it's very bizarre. Today, part of my job was coming up with a bad comedy bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. How do I tell Crazy. my dad that? Yeah, I don't know. If, if I call my dad today and I was like, yeah, I was at work today and my dad asked me, what did you do today? It would have been, I hung out with Matt. We went and got groceries. I wrote some comedy. We drank some beer. And then I performed a terrible comedy bit, and now we're laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So we're working on the I Matt mean, and Toby record is what we've been doing yesterday, and we're starting Emory, uh, starting writing for the second half. We wrote half an Emory record. We're starting the second half uh, yesterday. But we went yesterday, Joey, and we're working on the Matt and Toby record, and it's it was really is really neat, really fun. We're in this phase now, and I've got kind of my ears pinned back on some stuff. So, like, I'm in a phase now of profession and business and trying to take care of my family and develop our businesses to where – I don't, I'm not going to spend 400 hours arranging the Matt and Toby record. Like we sat right. down in a room with some other talented guys and I told them my ideas. I told them the main stuff that's important to me. I sat on the piano and just banged out some chords and said, here's what's really important to me. I trust you for this. I trust you for that because that's all the time I've got. We've got to work on this podcast. We're working on your book. We're building, we're right. doing BC supply, all this stuff. And so we're going to do the Matt and Toby record, and I'm going to let go of so much control that I used to would have maintained so hard. Um, and it's so, it's just so much fun. It's so much more freeing. And I feel very, it's weird because it's got my efficiency uh, uh, radar tuned up like, whoa, this is going to go so much faster. And it, with so it many less hours, because I'm typically a hyper hands on, over control arranger of every single thing. Like, I wish I could spend a thousand hours on. A Matt and Toby record, but not going to do it. It may be for a break it down episode, but that's really intriguing to me. Can you just give me a snapshot of what that looks like when you say this chord's important to me? Mm -hmm. Take it from here. What does that mean? Like they're going to. Okay. So let me tell you who's helping us, helping, helping me and Toby with our record. So instead of hiring like some big producer, I wanted to hire somebody who's an artist instead of a producer because I think recordings become relatively ubiquitous. Anybody can freaking point mics and get you whatever. It's not that hard to record anymore. And so yeah. what I value is a decision maker. So Zach Boland from Citizens and Saints, Zach Boland that's on our label. I love his arrangements and the things he does. So I said, collaborate with me. I trust myself enough now. I'm mature enough to go. I don't have to control everything. I'm going to tell you what's important to me about these demos that I made. And then I'm going to let you make a bunch of decisions here. And then you and your friend at your that you you have, some people you know, yeah, record it. Who cares? I'm not worried about the recording. I'm worried about the arrangements and collaborating with people to try to get an interesting product. So, yeah. So, to me, and I won't go into too much detail, what's very important is the harmonic structure of the song. So, when I take think of a melody and the chords underneath it and exactly what those chords and their voicings are, to me, that's the most important thing. And then what the guitar plays or exactly what the other stuff is is less important. So, I'm going to... I'm going to pinpoint the things to me that are very important. I'm going to trust talented people and pay them to do the rest. And I'm, that seems I'm, I'm really excruciating for Toby. Toby, can it is you tough. handle that? Well, I'm not like mad at all. I'm devastated. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's one thing. Like I am a, I, I'm a, when I write music, I often write it alone with uh, the lyrics, melody, and then a, a, a general idea of the song. And then I bring the song to somebody. So we're doing that. And like, I've known Zach Boland forever. I mean, Citizens and Saints is a great band. And um, it's really crazy that we are getting to work with him. I'm super happy about that. But we were sitting there and one of the songs Zach goes, you know what? Like the song is kind of swingy and a little bit maybe poppy, and and we had this idea for this new Matt and Toby album to be moody. And he goes, you know, I'm thinking with this idea of the album being moody and stuff, why don't we uh, try this song like this? And when he played this song at first, I was like, Ugh, oh, no, he's changing. What, what do I do? This is really uncomfortable. Wait a minute. And I had to tell myself, I had to say, wait a minute. You know Zach. You think he's a great songwriter. You think he's a great singer and melody writer. And 
why would you immediately, what is it inside of Toby that's making him have this aversion to this? And I had to go, wait a minute, okay, let me just listen. And now I love it. Like the song that he, the way he changed our song is great. He's basically producing the song now, and it's amazing, and I'm super happy with that. But yeah, it is tough to something that you have in your heart and your mind and your idea. And you and we and and that song I played at church a bunch. Um, that that song is before the throne, Joey. You know the one I played at yeah. church a bunch. Yeah. Um, he we're changing that song completely, and I was like, well, it worked so well at church, and it did. All that. But honestly, we're working with great musicians, so why wouldn't we want the best, like for the yeah. song? Like, what? Why am I? What am I holding on to? And, and which leads me to a, a really good question too. I'll, I'll throw this back at you, Joey. What's interesting about that? One, Matt Johnson, it was was sitting in the room while we were working on the song because he plays drums. But Matt Johnson is our guy too that works with BC Words, and he's the guy yeah. that helped you with your book, Joey. And I was wondering, what yeah. was it like for you writing a book by yourself and telling these stories, these mm-hmm. personal stories, very personal stories, some funny, some very sensitive. What was it like to have somebody edit your words? Oh, that's interesting because Joey's now in, I mean, honestly, I guess the podcast is art and I do think of it that way, but this is your book. It's a very creative endeavor. So I want to hear about that, but let me, I got to tell you about something first. I got to tell you about movement watches and then I'm very interested to hear what it was like for you having to collaborate with an editor on your book. But, uh, I'm telling you what, we're coming into Christmas here and, uh, I'm going to solve a big problem that you have. You're trying to figure out what's a good gift you could give somebody. Now, you probably always wish you could give somebody some amazing watch, but you couldn't because, you know, a fancy timepiece is going to cost you, I don't know, 400 bucks, 300 or $400 for something that's reasonable. But movement is here to save the day on that movement is uh they've got they've already sold over 500,000 watches to customers in 160 countries they're a smart company that knows how to market directly to do this to skip the middlemen this is the kind of stuff that i think is great it makes a great gift um and you know holiday shopping's tough so thanks to movement watches that your anxiety can disappear with a press of a button it's that easy these watches make the perfect purchase for just about anyone in your life a guy or a girl and remember, these things start at $95, and they're quality. Uh, I love mine. I went to a, a, a fancy auction, and I wore a suit the other day, and I put on my movement watch. Anytime I want to look good, I put this thing on. It's, it really is a statement. It really lets me show, uh, it, it lets me express myself in a way. Men don't do a lot of jewelry and ornamental stuff, and I don't either. But when I want to make a statement, I wear my movement watch. I love mine. It's all black. Uh, it works perfectly. They start at just $95. And in the department store, these things are $400, $500 bucks, for real. It's a classic design, quality construction. And uh, the, the thing is like styled minimalism. And this is great. You'll love it. So our listeners get something awesome. They get 15% off today and free shipping. Oh, guess what else? Free returns. As if you were going to return it. You won't. But who knows? If it's not for you, you can return the thing. It's free shipping to you and a free return. All you got to go do is go to movementwatches.com slash bcpod. Now, here's how they spell it. Be real clear about this. M-V-M-T. That's what it is. So, mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. This watch has a really clean design. Seriously, I've been getting compliments on mine. People notice it when I put it on. So, it's time to step up your watch game. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. Join the movement. All right. So, Joey, somebody poking around 
editing your book. And let me let me set it up this way too, because when the first time you wrote chapter one of your book, you sent it to me, said, I'm thinking about writing a book. Here's what it feels like. Here's where I'm at. When I read the damn thing, I was blown away. Not because you're an amazing writer, but because you're a genuine lunatic. <laughs> you're like, that's what blew me away is you're a genuinely a lunatic. Not because I knew a lot of stuff about your mental illness. Um, I understand your depression and OCD a, a bit. Like I understand it experientially, but the way you wrote it was like a diary of a madman, a mentally ill person. Like it was like, it didn't even it didn't make sense so much so that it made sense that you were crazy. That's the way I originally read it. And I was like, it blew my mind to read it. Cause I was like, this guy's nuts. So right. he has this weird undertaking that we wanted to turn it into a book, which I think is amazing. I love that pure thing. But the challenge is, do we edit it? Do we clean it up? How do we take somebody jotting down crazy memories that's still somewhat crazy and clean what is the right amount to clean that up? Because some of the mistakes you made and the weird stuff you said, and the weird stuff you phrased almost added to it to me. It really did. It made it more interesting. Yeah. And so now we're having to go through this process of have, of trying to clean it up and edit it into a book. So what's that like from your point of view? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's, to me, it was so eye-opening with just how for something to be successful. And I, I, I say this is successful already just because it's been done, period. I'm, I'm not talking about the sales or anything, but for something to be a good product, you really do need people with different abilities. I had the stories and I think I have a decent sense of humor. So I'm writing down stories, I'm being vulnerable and I'm making jokes, but I have no clue with how to write a book. I have no knowledge of what's the sensible way of putting things in order and, and those sorts of things. So when Matt Johnson takes a look, he starts to give me some pretty solid suggestions mm -hmm. with what direction to go, how much time to spend with this, spend with that. But to really focus in on what you're talking about, he actually studied comedy writing throughout the process. Like he knew exactly where to go, how to get that information and apply it to the book. And I'm telling you, when I read the book after kind of his last touches, some of the jokes that he made to, you know, magnify the funny stuff that I already had in there had me laughing from the belly. Like I was dying laughing by how he said stuff. So it, there was never any sort of heartache, I think, throughout the process. But I think mainly it's because the stuff that I wanted out there was the stuff that he obviously didn't want to discard because it was the the crazy stories. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there were a handful of things where he was just like, okay, well, maybe we should just get rid of this chunk. And what was the kind of stuff I, that he largely wanted to cut? Like, how did that feel? Um, like, what were the things he well, was constantly And did you think he out? was going, hey, this is too crazy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a, a huge call that he made that was just awesome was what I was doing is I would tell these crazy loony stories about myself, and then I would go somewhat teachy or somewhat reflection oriented. And he said, look, drop all of that yeah. for the first 80% of the book. And then we'll reevaluate whether or not we want to circle around at the end and start doing that sort of stuff. So did you and feel it, and it turned out to be that that was the right move. So the first, the first 75% of the book is just raw storytelling of things that really happened. 
in my life, thoughts that I really thought. And then at the end, I kind of have a chance to say, here's what I think about this stuff. Here's how I think it applies to other people and people that live with depressed people. But that was, that was a, a very expert call on his part that I think, you know, was super beneficial to the book to ditch all that stuff. Did you feel like you needed, because that's the thing that's interesting about the book is you basically tell a bunch of stories about what it's your experience being an OCD person, youth group and church and stuff. Did you feel like you needed like to explain it or give people takeaways and stuff like that? Like, did you feel insecure? Like you needed to put a positive spin on it versus just tell it like it is because that, that is the stuff we wound up cutting a lot of was like, and here's the lesson for everybody to learn. Like that's the pastor. No, I mean, I I mean, honestly, honestly, a lot of that stuff wasn't, uh, wasn't cut. It was just reformatted, maybe some parts shortened, but it was just all put at the end. I think for me, it wasn't necessarily, trying to pre-qualify the material and explain myself away as much as I I think the purpose of the book, I wanted there to be, like I wanted to have the chance to narrate my stories and basically not just tell the stories, but say, here's what I think this stuff means. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, and Toby can, I mean, Toby probably knows the material more than I do now having recorded the audio i mean do do you get the sense that i'm trying to lessen the blow of the crazy stories and defend myself or just basically you know give the reader my reflections on those stories? yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, it like if a crazy person tells you they're crazy you believe them right, right. no reason not to believe them. yeah yeah you don't what you don't, is, you what don't, is the, i don't call my best friend a liar i want to <laughs> i want to ask you guys both after you reading the audio book and just you writing the book what to you is the most like which story specifically was the most like hardest to to share or embarrassing and what did you find to be the 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 wildest well uh, joe you want to answer that first like what was the toughest story um i mean while you're thinking i i know for me i thought um i thought it was super interesting okay so joey's thought process like that's what's super interesting about this book is not only are you hearing stories but it's Joey reflecting on the story. Yeah, it's weird. So, so, so I mean, that's what's really cool about this. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's still, I mean, I know Joey. Like I said, he's my best friend. We, we, we've been through a t- ton of shit together. But his thought process, even still back on those things, is not crazy. That We're, we're kind of using that term loosely. But what it is, it's interesting to see back on those things and, and to experience Joey's emotions now as an adult looking back on those things. And so one thing that really got me was I'm reading this whole book and in lots of ways, it's lighthearted. It's way, it's lighthearted and heavy at the same time. Like it's Joey talking about youth group and how he was really crazy or being in high school and, you know, saying the, the Lord's prayer or, or, you know, feeling convicted, but like there's all this stuff. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this real story of this girl named Heidel who Uh commit, uh, uh, she commits suicide. I'm not giving uh, no spoiler alerts here, but, Joey's take on that is super interesting. Like how that happened and almost, I mean, uh, you know, I've been doing the true man and stuff and just been reading a lot about masculinity and stuff. Joey almost because of Christianity didn't have time to mourn that he moved immediately into action. There was a friend of his that committed suicide in high school. Yes. And what did Joey do? Joey, Joey moved into action and, started thinking, wait, this girl killed herself. I'm responsible now for every student to share the gospel before they kill themselves. In a way, that, that, that's not exactly, but Joey went to action as opposed to mourning and being able to go, oh my gosh, she died and she killed herself and, and all this stuff. 
Joey felt a instead of feeling sadness, he felt he probably did feel he sadness. Felt duty, but he felt yeah, duty and responsibility uh-huh. to wait a minute. I can't let another person do this without knowing Jesus. Because or, probably yeah. at that time he thought anybody that kills himself or might kill himself or doesn't get this, this is an opportunity to, to keep people lost. out of hell. Yeah, lost. Oh, that's a straight way to hell point. for sure. Right. So I that mean, that's, that that's, that whole story is really interesting because it's like a really friendly story, and then it catches you off guard of a teenage Joey dealing with suicide. Like he's yeah. he's completely incapable, and then all of a sudden he's handling it the best he can, which is somewhat, you know, endearing. That he it, yeah. It, it, in one way, it's endearing. I love all these people so much that I better tell them about Jesus so they don't do this. And in another way, it's really sad because he doesn't get to mourn his friend. So what do you do there? Yeah. You stand up in class and tell everybody what what is the the short version nah, of that story? I you, I, I actually yeah. Um, uh, I'll let the reader find that out. But no, yeah, you don't I, want to. I, they'll read the book. If you tell them what it is and it sounds cool or interesting, they'll read it. So what do you, what do you well, do? Well, yeah, you I do definitely there? took every single period that I went to from class to class. I raised my hand and I asked the teacher if I could say something. And, and what I was sure his, as hell you did say? not want. My message was basically without faith in God, this could happen to any of us, you know, and now all hope is lost for her. And I don't want to see this happen to anybody else. And, and one, that, I mean, one of Joey's teachers is like, I, I, maybe you shouldn't say that. <laughs> right? Dude, hey, she was so, I mean, she was so gracious because she really liked me. And I think it really took her off guard. And she was just like, Joey, you know, everybody doesn't think that Heidel went to hell, right? And I was yeah. just like, yeah, okay. Um, and, and what's really cool about that teacher is that I think she's justified to be like, I can't stand that dude anymore. But she was able as a mature woman to be like, well, that's probably just how he was raised, and no, I, lo- I love Joey. He's he's a good kid. Yeah. Our relationship was fine for you know the next year when I was in her class. But yeah, I think for me, um, probably <laughs> once I crossed the line of realizing, hey, this is what I'm going to do with this book, and I'm going to tell these stories. I don't think I really found too many situations where I was like, Ugh, this is really hard because I was like the whole general concept of mm-hmm. like, I never thought that I would let the whole world into my head. Yeah. I mean, I remember letting Priscilla into parts of my brain early on in our marriage. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm letting her into this secret compartment. And now you're right, written in a book for everybody. So you, I mean, you have yeah. the stuff in there, you show your dad, your penis in the book and you, you have stuff where you were riddled with guilt about going through a curve sign that was 35 miles an hour at 40 miles an hour. These OCD things, these crazy yeah. details. Yeah. But what was the hardest one for you? Like, what's the one that you said, ah, maybe I'll leave that one out? Uh, well, the last the last one that I added was, I think it's called the honeymoon chapter or something yeah. like that. And I think that it was the most difficult only because I would say it's probably, you know, we've been married for 14 years. And I would say, in the last five or six years or so, which is relatively recent and with how life is speeding up, I have just gotten to the point where there's not a lot of regret there. Like, it's kind of like I have this, I'm a grown ass man attitude and it is what it is. There's a lot of marriages that have been done by this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we had a sucky honeymoon, you know? Okay. So I did very stupid things, you know, and was super insensitive and, you know, how I went about asking my wife to marry me was just through OCD lenses. I didn't even, wasn't even romantic about it. Like I was super regretful about that stuff for a long time. So you almost withheld the honeymoon story, but then elected to keep it in the book. Say that again, Matt. So you almost would have like not put the honeymoon story in the book and you just, you were able to do it though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think life is too short to keep things hidden and keep things a secret. 
And I think the the last thing I wanted this book to be also is for me to be the authority on mental illness because honestly, I think if you're truly mentally ill, you're not the authority on it because you're mentally ill. So you might Ill. as well if you think you're mentally ill or possibly even even better reason to spill it, right? Right. Yeah, you might sure. as well. Well, that's awesome. Um so we got Jake Lures from August Burns Red. He's gonna join us and talk about it. He runs Heart Support and they encounter all manner of mental illness and people that do reach out and do want to talk about stuff and do that. And that's an amazing movement. The, the fact, if anything we can foster or the liturgist or heart support or any, any of these organizations that are anywhere related to us at all, uh, coming out of the underground where we can get people to talk, share stuff, share stories. This stuff is work. It's working. It's, it, I know it's helping people just to be honest. It's the weirdest thing in our culture that we were so, short on that. But anyway, Jake's going to join us in a second. We got to take a break and uh, we'll be right back with Jake. Lures yeah. from August Springs Red. So we moved. We're away from family. We're not in South Carolina anymore and we're trying to figure out Christmas, right? And so it has been so amazing getting to use framebridge.com. So we took a family picture. We just took a, you know, a, my phone now will take an amazing picture. It's so cool. So we took a family picture and then we sent it to Frame Framebridge, picked out our frame, and that picture now looks amazing. And then they ship it to our kid's grandmother. And it's just been so easy and so awesome. Like I've just, I was really blown away with the ease. Like you try to figure out what are you going to get somebody for Christmas, especially your parents. They have stuff, you're not there, whatever. Like my, my parents and, and our kid's grandparents, I guess. Uh, always want pictures of the kids. Send me pictures. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And it feels like, oh, wait, you know, it's just a picture. It doesn't feel that great. With FrameBridge, you actually make it really special. Like, it's pretty awesome. Like, you you are sending a picture of your family in this amazing frame. And so when the person you send it to for a gift for the holidays gets it, they immediately get to just hang it. It's not just they have to find the frame or they have to figure it out or it just goes in the drawer. They immediately get an awesome photo. You add value you. to their house. Yes, I mean, exactly. Like to, and their life straight right. away. Yeah, right. Good. So I just think it's it's just really awesome. And, it, and it's hard to find personal gifts for people. You know what I mean? Like when you're thinking, what do I get somebody? Honestly, memories, pictures uh, are just so important, especially when you have kids. I, I just love FrameBridge. And FrameBridge will help you win the holidays, basically, because it's a thoughtful gift that is easy. You know, Fortune called FrameBridge, the company revolutionizing our walls. And that goes right back to what you were saying, Matt. When you give this gift, not only are you giving a memory of your family, a picture of your family, or whatever it might be, but you're actually improving people's homes by giving them this gift. It's really awesome. So I, I just love this company. I think it's great. I love that we get to work with them. The biggest thing is it's so easy. Like I was really, I was wondering, how do they do it? Like, how do you, do you have to send like a, you have to send off a photo to them or what do you do? You can upload your photos at framebridge.com and then pick out your frame and it's super amazing, super awesome. So let me tell you right now, right now, when you go to framebridge.com, use promo code BCPOD and you'll save 15% off your first order, which is pretty amazing because the prices are already great, but to get an extra 15% off that is just amazing. That's promo code BCPOD pod and i'm going to give you a disclaimer order by december 18th to ensure holiday delivery right now it's getting crazy you're trying to figure out what gifts to give you're you're on a budget why not go with framebridge it's perfect send that family member a picture that they will love and they will get to be able to hang on their walls and improve their walls what a great great mm -hmm. great company love them framebridge go right now 
BC Pod promo code 15% off. Order before December 18th or by December 18th. Right on. So good. Thank you, Toby. I, uh, mi- you know, people have been telling me, and I missed it when it happened when Dave Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, and you've been telling us about CISO mm-hmm. recently, but CISO is awesome. And they have, for instance, they have a ton of stuff. It's a comedy streaming service, yep. and they have every single episode of Saturday Night Live. So I was able to go back, check out Dave Chappelle doing his monologue in, in that episode of Saturday Night Live, as well as all the way back to when Eddie Murphy was a cast member. All right. that's on CISO. Right. It's unreal. It is, it's totally awesome. So um, what's the best thing you've bought for $3.99? Well, CISO, how about that? It's like a nearly endless supply of top-shelf comedy. They have exclusive original stuff, too. They've got face-melting stand-up, uh, next day late night shows and a catalog of classics. So I mean, everybody has their own, your, you know, unique taste. Lots of original programming. Tons it's of original amazing. stuff is great. Let me tell you how to spell, just so you understand what I'm saying. S e e s o. It's the new ad free streaming service bringing you hilarious original series, handpicked classics. It's, it's they got great stuff. You can watch Fallon, Seth Meyers. All that kind of stuff. They've got British comedies. My wife watches British comedies nonstop, so she's going to love this. I'm going to get her hooked on it soon. Um, You can discover the next big names in comedy and watch the icons before they made it big. Uh, Louis C.K., back when he had hair, Hannibal Burris, Chelsea Peretti, Amy Schumer, Bo Burnham. Did you hear what I said before, though? $3.99. You just just can't beat that. So if you're serious about comedy, and uh, you got to try it. So this, that's all you got to do is try. It's $3.99 a month. And here's the best part is the uh, the deal we've got for you. Our listeners can try it for two months if you use the promo code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. That's all you got to do. So just go to CISO.com, S-E-E-S-O.com right now. Sign up for two months free with our promo code BADCHRISTIAN. You do that at checkout, you're set. That's CISO.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN. All right, guys, if y'all have waited to this point to start Christmas shopping and all you've got are the weekends and the evenings, you know, you're going to be fighting a crowd. So here's what I'd suggest. I would do a one stop trip to a website and get all of your family Sherry's berries. You don't have to battle the crowds to get the perfect gift because the perfect gift is right there at your computer, conveniently ordered at home. So Christmas, you know, a few weeks away here and Here's here's what Sherry's Berries is all about. This is freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries starting at $19.99. Now, these sorts of things you can't find for $19.99, fresh strawberries, and you, you can't get them delivered to your mm-hmm. door just by anybody either. That's over 30% savings, fresh strawberries at your door. So here, here's, I've got mine in the mail the other day. And they're all gone. I told my wife, hey, I saved you some, but six hours later, sorry, she missed out because they're so good. Joey, not to interrupt, but it was really funny. Mine got sent to my house. I didn't get any because I'm here in Seattle. So some got sent to Matt and I ate. He demolished my cherry. At least least half the box. It felt actually really bad how delicious they were. Yeah. So they're topped with chocolate chips or decorative swizzles and chopped nuts all sorts of different kinds, and an incredible, unique gift that's perfect for sharing. You're not going to want to, but Sherry's Berries has more than just berries, too. You go to their website, they've added amazing new seasonal treats just in time for the holidays. You get to choose the delivery date. That's what's pretty cool. get to choose exactly when you want it to arrive there, and they'll deliver your fresh gift on time, guaranteed. So, 
with Christmas right around the corner, hear me out. Get this amazing deal, $19.99, Sherry's Berries. And you know what? I just want to make clear, too. When you go out and do this, if you're kind of on the fence and you love Bad Christian, this helps us a lot. It helps us continually get sponsors. It, it will help us with our relationship with Sherry's Berries. So just visit berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the little microphone in the top right-hand corner and type in Bad Christian. That's with the space. Sherry's Berries has something for everyone and every taste. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone, and type in Bad Christian. Order this today. You won't regret it. It really is awesome that we have as many sponsors, and there's a bunch here at Christmas time. a lot of good gifts. So whatever floats your boat, do that. And we do appreciate you guys sitting through us having sponsors. We Honestly, we just really celebrate it. So um, they're good stuff, good products. All right, let's see if Jake, I hope Jake is available. His icon says he is uh, on standby. So hopefully he's paying attention and we can bring him in here. Jake, Jake, Jake. Yeah. All right, we got him. We're coming. Jake, welcome to the show. You know what? I guess this is your third time on the show. Not I guess, I know it is, but... Uh, Joey, have we had anybody else on the show three times? Uh, yes, we have, but not someone this good looking. I mean, it's just you have you have increased the average of good lookingness. Well, you're at like, least just you're, like you're, that. You're you're at least in the elite club <laughs> of a three timer. I don't if there's if there is anybody. It's all, it's only a couple of people who've been on this show three times. We've been doing it for a couple of years. Um, and one of your first episodes that you came on was one of our first really breakout episodes. It was amazing. Oh yeah. We had a great conversation, and it was one of our highest downloaded episodes of all time. So people really like you very much. Um, Thanks to you, revival has taken place through Bad Christian, and it's still going on to this day. So naturally, the day that Joey releases his book, he figures we better get that hot shot on. So my numbers are big. So we can talk about my book. So I think that's yeah, what's going on here. Going. Let's see where this is going. But no, it's not just that. It's that there's a ton of overlap from, first of all, your experiences and ours. Um, there's also a ton of from touring and meeting people and talking to them so much so that you started heart support, which inevitably runs across a lot of mentally ill people like Joey, not me, not Toby, but you know, weirdos like Joey. And then yes, also, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you, you speak about, I don't know how to phrase it the best way, but you're no stranger to mental illness or some kinds of anxiety and depression stuff yourself, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how. So let's catch people. Why. I know we've covered that before, but let's cover. Let's just let's just jump in with that. Like, what's wrong with your brain? <laughs> what's wrong with my brain? <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with your brain? Um, we'll get back to that. We'll start yeah, with you. Right. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, growing up as a kid, my my parents got divorced when I was really young. Um, I had a really close family member of mine um, become addicted to heroin, which was really really tough to to, um, to deal with. Um, that's, that's really a, a pretty evil drug. Um, definitely dealt with my own issues, you know, just growing up and, um, you know, struggling with father figures and kind of knowing what, like what a man is supposed to look like or what a man is on earth. And, um, that's kind of where my, my faith kind of, uh, began when I was 20 years old, uh, just had, very like struggles with depression and suicidal tendencies or thoughts, you know, and then um, I ended up, you know, asking, asking Jesus if he's real and he showed up and, um, you know, basically the the values and morals that I try to have and try to 
incorporate into understanding what a man looks like is is understanding that God is a is a father, um, and um, you know he he basically uh, has has taught me, you know, what it is to be a man. In my opinion, did he take all yours away, man? What's that? Did he take all of your mental illness away? Because if so, I'm pissed, dude. No, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, no one thing I was going to say, that Jake, way. that I think is interesting is I really appreciate the way you say that. And, what, and when, uh, working with heart support is I love it when people can acknowledge, hey, man, Jesus changed my life. But there's still some real shit going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, it, Just because like Jesus stepped in and proved himself or whatever, like that spiritual experience you had, like, I love it when people don't say that was the end of the story. Jesus saved me, and now here I am. I'm great. Let me tell you about him or whatever. Like, like your story right. involves yeah. still, like, working through stuff and wrestling with God and doing all those things, which is real. And I think that really resonates with a lot of people. If, if, if you just had a pristine story of I was in really bad shape and Jesus saved me and now I'm great, that doesn't mean anything. Like, I, I actually really appreciate it, your story. And we've had you on now, what, this is like third or fourth time. I love it that you are able to say, hey, listen, uh, it's not done with me yet, or I'm working through things. I'm trying to figure stuff out, right? You, you probably experienced that too with heart support. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the deal for me, in my opinion, is it's a relationship. So um, it's kind of dependent on communication, and it's dependent on um, willing to give together, mutually uh, walking side by side, like a relationship. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking about, this morning was, um, just real quick. I just want to add this. Cause I was thinking to myself, like, man, you know, um, there's people out there who just think that God is going to show up in their life and, and, you know, miraculously change everything. And, and they're just kind of waiting on that date, you know what I mean? Or that, that time. Um, and they go, oh, well, if it's his will, which I, I understand theologically, you know, that, but you're not working towards it. If you're not, if you're not invested um, in walking that through, uh, you know, like the fishermen where Jesus says, Hey, come with me, you know, and I'll make you fisher of men. They had stable jobs. They had comfortability. They knew what they were doing. You know, they had their, their place in life. And so they had to step away from that comfortability. They had to be willing to leave what they knew to go with Jesus. Secondly, when Peter is on the boat, and I'm just, I thought about this morning when I woke up, Peter's on the boat. And he, and he's scared because he, he says, there's a ghost. And Jesus says, no, it's me. And he goes, well, how, you know, um, how do I know? He's like, come to me. You know, like, so Peter had to get out of a boat. You know what I mean? Like he had to step right. outside of that comfortability and walk towards Jesus. It's a relationship. It's always, so when I see that, it's like, no, dude, like I'm never going to be fixed, quote unquote, because there's no such thing. Um, you know, as you guys know, like the process of sanctification, but we, we're not going to go into it, but I'm saying like, you know, there's, there's never like an end for me because, um, because there's things that, um, are, are from my past that I need to work through and things that I need to find healing of, um, that dictate the present day um, decisions that I make. And then there's things in the future where there's going to be new experiences or situations that are going to bring pain or harm or, or impact in my life in a certain way, um, that's also going to change my, my mental thought or process. Um, or even, you know, it's, uh, it all begins with even like the relationship with God is, is the fact that, well, who is God as a father? Well, there's tons of kids out there or people out there who've had very abusive fathers. So when they think of God as a father, they're like, I don't want anything to do with him. Like, because my father was a piece of shit, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, so it's all even in how you perceive that relationship um, is whether you're going to dictate of really giving 
fully things over or being willing to submit or being willing to be obedient to a God that you may not really feel is, is worthy of that. So, but yes, I, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, all, all things are great with me and, and, but that's the beauty of life is that, you know, um, through that pain and experience, like uh, joy, you know, when, and, 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 and writing everything out, like, I'm sure there was a lot of healing that was brought. There was a lot of um, maybe wounds that you didn't even recognize or some things that you could say, oh, you know, today I react this way because, wow, this thing here that I hadn't really thought about a whole lot until I sat down and really wrote things down. This is this is a real core yeah. issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But here's the interesting thing. Isn't it a, a feeling that people have in Christianity that that things that are wrong with you get fixed when you get saved. And what is, what like from your point of view, Jake, what is somebody like Joey who has been, listen, let me put it this way. Joey's been massively saved since what, since a very young age, like ultra saved to the most, like all Joey's ever obsessed with was with Jesus. Go ahead. I know, I'm just making, I'm being facetious to a degree there, but not really. I read Joey's book out loud. He's he's very saved. Like he's obsessed with the fact that he's he's saved. That's 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 the whole thing about his book. Yet, I would attest to this day, his mental illness is like, still like his book unpacks it pretty well and he's got a lot of perspective on it now, but it it messes, I mean, it's, it's troublesome today to the degree that it affects mm-hmm. him, his marriage, and me today. It does. Is that a miss? Right. I mean, how, I mean, how, what are your thoughts on that? Or, Joe, you can answer that too, but it doesn't, Jesus doesn't take away your mental illness? He doesn't fix it? Yeah, I mean, I think as, I, you know, and, and again, I give you guys full reign to play tug of war or, or whatever, but I think a lot of the crazy stuff that's depicted in that book, at least now specifically with some of that stuff I'm not dealing with. So, um, so right. I, I mean, like the sinner's prayer, it sounds silly, but it is a huge relief that I don't say that thing anymore. I mean, that thing was a part of my life for so long, multiple times a day. The fact that I will never right. say that prayer again in my whole entire life is like a huge weight off my back. But now um, that, that's an interesting question. Do you think that that's yeah. changed into other things though? And like now is that instead of the sinner's prayer, are you making sure your bank account is good or double checking right. certain things? Do you think, right. That, does that make sense? What I'm saying? No, there's definitely tendencies that I can lean towards and that can get out of hand but I think now there's an actual awareness of them. So there's me acknowledging, okay, this is an issue and I need to do something about it. But let's keep in mind, at least from my end and my perspective, medication has minimized the impact of my OCD a lot. And I, I found that to be true a couple of years ago when I got off medication to switch from one to another Dude, I could not believe what I was doing with my phone and checking something over and over and over. And I was like, this does not even make sense. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me, let, me, let me follow you here. So there yeah. was a time where you were doing medication and then you, you, you stopped doing medication to move to a new medication? Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize that most psychiatrists would agree that if you're on an antidepressant for seven or eight years, the chances of it puttering out and not being effective is pretty high. And so it's, it's a very common thing for someone to get off of a medication and get onto something else. Well, 
I, I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for me to see what's my mind like without medication. Right. And for a while, I thought it was kind of promising. I was like, man, I, I think I'm okay. But then it was very subtle, but it just got worse and worse and worse. And finally, I was like, oh my gosh, my brain is in such turmoil. I am such a troubled person. I mean, my parents even came over for... What is worse and worse? Like when you say worse, like what is it? Like, is it like my brain just could not stop. I was thinking, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to check this. I got to check that. And it was it was a progressive thing because I think if that thing just hits you like a ton of bricks, I don't even know what that feels like. Like all of a sudden, all this stuff is, but just over time, it just increased. And I, I'll never forget my parents coming over. I think Priscilla was working and I had the kids. It was like a Friday afternoon and I could not even engage in conversation. My head was so full of details of stuff that I needed to do that I didn't even need to be thinking about. And they asked me, they're just like, are you okay? Like, is there something wrong? And the weight of that question, realizing that it was so obvious to them that my mind was so occupied with other stuff, it was kind of, it was kind of scary. But what was neat about that was I do fluctuate up and down with depression to this day. And I can find myself in, in pretty dark places but the consistent craziness of irrationality and OCD is not there. Flare-ups, yes, but I'm aware of it, and I think the medication is effective in that stuff. So the stuff that you had to record yourself reading, you know, those the yeah. crazy stories in the book, I don't think they're that common in my life now, but maybe right. there's some blind spots that I don't well, realize. Well, that, one thing I'd like to ask both of you guys this, um, when you say, like, like, one thing I noticed, Jake, I I did the I read the audio book, so I did I made the audio book of Joey's book. So basically, mm -hmm. I read Joey's book and then I do some commentary after each chapter. But uh, one thing that's interesting in reading Joey's book is it seems like Joey, through his mental, uh, I guess mental illness is 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 the word I guess we're using, but forms some structure to make sense of his life. So he goes, wait a minute. God's crazy or, you know, God either loves, like love is this bizarre thing that can be good or bad or whatever. You know, it's all this crazy stuff. So Joey formed a structure of, hey, well, if I say the sinner's prayer or if I acknowledge that God is Lord and I share the gospel or wear the t-shirt to school that says Jesus is Lord or whatever, there's a, there's a structure that Joey created that allowed him to function in life. And I, I was going to ask you, Jacob, Jake, like with, being in a band, there is almost no structure <laughs> and stuff like that. Did that, like, do you, do you experience that too? Like did, did ups and downs affect you with road life? Like being on the road, did you find yourself happier or sad or more sad or disconnected? I might, might be the better word. What, what was it like being on the road and, and going through some of this stuff, like thinking about family or tough times or whatever? The thing that I would try to find is that, you know, you just, you make home wherever it is, you know? So for me, seven months out of the year, home is on a bus. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I would even question to what extent is a mental illness? Like what qualifies mental illness and what doesn't? Because, you know, we're sitting here talking about his mental illness, yeah. right? And, and um, you know, we can see it clearly due to maybe some of the things that happened in his life that he's experienced that has, you know, brought him to the place that he you know, went into the, you know, to the darkness and then came back out and then, you know, went, you know, this roller coaster ride. But who's to say that uh, things that you guys haven't experienced hasn't brought in some sort of mental illness? What we try to do is we try to make ourselves comfortable with the fact of whatever's happened. You know, we're constantly trying to say, okay, well, 
all right, this is where I'm at. This is what happened to me. So how can I make myself safe in this area at yeah. this moment, at this time? Mm-hmm. So some people use alcohol, you know, uh, some people use porn, some people use um, fame or success or money or, or God, you know, um, <laughs> Or God, yeah. I mean, all those things. Well, yeah, because that's what we got in Joey's case is like he's like, and maybe that's what Toby's saying, but like Joey would, in that same regard, was using God as the like the fix all. Yeah, it was almost the drug. You say that you say the sinner's prayer enough to make sure you're okay, or is some bizarre framework with is the only thing he had access to that he believed was transcendent. So he well, it was for it, it was it was not only putting God uh, form formulating him and like making him not personal, even though I talked about a personal God to my friends, but I, I also and I, I don't mind saying this and it's not in a hostile way, but I put a lot of blame on the the churches that I was brought up in because it was there was a certain formula to Hey, you can accept Christ, but if you're swearing and trying cigarettes and stuff with your friends, you're not saved. Like, sorry, that's too bad. So you said paranoid. the sinner's prayer, but you're doing that right. stuff. You're obviously I mean, not. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you were like, hey, if I don't hold these snakes, I'm not good enough. That's right. The churches <laughs> you grew up in. Jake, tell us about heart support. I'm sorry. If, if you want to say something else, go go back there. But when you get make your whatever you wanted to say there. But after that, I am curious to know uh, with heart support. Do you, what is the thing that it allows people, what are you finding? Because you've hit on something there that allows people to spill their guts and tell the truth. Because the people that are struggling, call it mental illness or not, one of the last things they want to do is tell anybody what they're experiencing. And you've got this whole website and movement that's going on that encourages that and somehow frees people to, oh, this is what I'm going through. It's cutting, it's depression, it's whatever it is. What is the way or the secret or the thing that allows people the freedom to be able to spill their guts or tell you or tell your organization about it? Sure. So um, earlier this year, I flew out to Austin, Texas to meet up with my team. That's basically where the heart support team is 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 at. And we have our, our annual strategic meetings there. And basically what we do is we lay out all the... Um, all the numbers, all the all the things that we've done, all the things that we've seen uh, in the past year of heart support, and then all the things that we want to do. And we all sat down and, you know, we're sitting there and we're going, what's the most important thing about heart support um, to make people feel comfortable and be inviting and be able to have the authority to speak into someone's life? Um, and what we've learned is that the people that we've made the most impact with and has, and based off of this, um, they've gone and done things to better themselves or got professional help or counseling or, you know what I mean, um, really went outside their comfort zone to seek help is building relationships. So that's the key is that um, being honest and transparent, um, like Joey uh, has been with his book, um, and inviting, saying, you know, look, this is a safe place. We're not going to we're not going to judge you. You don't have to tell us your names. You don't have to tell us your age, where you live, anything at all. Like, let's start with just, let me tell you how I fucked up. You know what I mean? Let me tell you what I did wrong. Let me, let me open myself up to you a little bit so that you understand that I'm not a threat. Um, and that I'm, I'm here to, to, to build, a, um, to a degree, a relationship of, of where I can try to help you, 
you know? And the, the idea of heart support isn't that you come to heart support, uh, you spill your guts, and then all of a sudden we put you back into good pieces and you go home. Like the idea of heart support is, is that the first step in recognizing that there's a problem and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then taking a step to, to deal with it is talking about it. Yeah. Is openly confessing it, whether it's something that was done to you or something that you've done to someone or, you know, issues that you're struggling with is, is you have to just be able to feel safe that you can say, look, this is something that has been, you know, killing me for years. And, and, and now I finally get to say it and to be received, um, you know, um, it, with loving arms and, and to be respected um, and then have people walk beside you that may have gone through the same, same issues, you know? Um, and it's not easy to, 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 to lead something like this because, um, you've got to find that line of, of love, right. Of acceptance. Yeah. Uh, like the common man would go, well, yeah, we want to love people. We want to accept people. And then you say, okay, to what degree? Right. Because, um, there's, uh, I was, I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid and, um, I had gotten, you know, you, you get you get some stories of like, oh, my my parents died in a in an accident. Um, I I cut myself because um, you know I'm I'm depressed or you know things of of different natures, right? But then then you'll get the guy that goes or the girl that goes, hey, you know, I um, molested my friend, <clears throat> you know, or sexually assaulted my my friend while they were asleep, and so then that hits you hits a chord for me, right, personally, because. Um, I've went through experience, not like that, but similar to it. And so then I have to say, well, that's okay. Well, not that it's okay, but, but that we'll, we'll meet yeah. you there. So all you of a sudden I mean? you're not there going, okay, well, I'm just here to accept you. Right. Brother. Because who wants to like, root that what did you do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who wants to root that person on? People want to root on people who've been abused right. or the victims, but who mm-hmm. wants to root on the culprit? And the problem is, is that that's what I'm saying is like, we're, we've all to a certain extent gone through pain and suffering that's impacted us in a way that we respond, um, not, not respond, react. Okay. We're not responding to a situation where we're reacting because of something that's been happening to this mm. person. So it's like, who am I to say that that person doesn't deserve love? Um, because, uh, obviously something happened to this person to a very high degree. Yeah, absolutely. There's something going on. Right. And so it's like, you know, that's the type of love that we're trying to, to, um, stir up in the heart support community because, because what happens is, is through these building relationships and confessing and being open and honest and, and then being received with love, that's going to help that person make the steps that they need to make because they go, well, I have held this in for so long, but now I just confess to all these people and they're encouraging me to go get help. And they built me up with their stories. Hmm. So now when I say it again to another person face to face, it's not that bad. And and I know now I'm not alone. And I know that um, I, this is the time to make a change. Well, that's and interesting. And so it's that self-confidence. Because we've all, because what you're saying is there's easy to identify with the victim or encourage them on, but we're, we're all victims of something, but we've all, first of all, that person has been the perpetrator was also the victim at some point, which is probably why they were likely the perpetrator later now. And right. Right. No, all, none of us are innocent of hurting other people. We've all hurt other people. And we've all yep. been victims. And those things are very tied together. Like in the ways that I've been hurt, I've also hurt others. So yeah. if somebody was right. hurt in other ways, in ways that I can't imagine, it's not that surprising that they would hurt other people in ways that I cannot imagine also. And so right. our tendency is to want to say, 
here's the cutoff line. They are the bad. That way, at least we can stay on the good side. But that I don't know if that's a re- that's well, that, that's reality. actually really amazing what you just said. It's a, a, I'm really glad that you said that because good job, man. Uh, well, well, when I think about it, it I go, you, you do always think of the victim as the least of these. But what about like you said, the culprit? Nobody roots on the culprit. Mm-hmm. Like nobody goes, hey man, we hope you have healing guy that did some or girl that did something right. bad, and those people need love exactly the same as the victim. And, but then bring it bring it to a bring it to a Christian faith point here. Okay, so who is Jesus rooting on? Right, right. The culprits, right? Yeah, yeah, like totally. And 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 what was the love there that was given was him on the cross that unconditional line. Right. You know what I mean? He had to step over his own boundaries of comfort. He sweated blood and said, "God, is there any other way? Because that's the way I want to go." And God's right. saying, "No, this is unconditional love. You have to do it this way because it's the only way." that people will be able to recognize um, my unconditional love for them. So how is it, as a Christian, how are we supposed to respond and walk in that is by doing something like this. Right. It's so crazy, too, because I see in so many situations where Christians act the complete opposite. Like one that stands out is when Miley uh, Cyrus did her, you know, crazy dance and uh, just very sexually charged and everything. I mean, I saw so many Christians on Facebook saying, I'm disgusted. My stomach is turning. I can't believe my kids, you know, used to follow you, never going to ever play a Hannah Montana song. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, I understand that you are kind of on defense with your children, but obviously this girl is hurting. Like, how can you discard this one? Like, it just, it's well, just so crazy. Yeah, how I, Christians I would even can't say, see like, what, what you're saying here is really relevant right now, Jake. Because, I mean, you could even say that about terrorism. You can, yep. yeah, you know what I mean? How far can you take it? Like, wait a minute. Who is the least of these? Who is the person that I'm supposed to love? Serial killers. Even molesters. in spite of myself. Like, I, I, I'm going to love you in spite of my feelings upon this. And that's a really powerful point. It's, it's almost a dangerous point because it sounds scary. Like, like, who do you love? Do you love, like, I mean, are you able to actually forgive a racist, a, a, a molester? Are you actually able to forgive them? Like, are you going to carry hate? against that person, like what that might be. And and I know it's not exactly all what we're talking about here. Obviously, there's people that are hurting that haven't done those things. But I think that's a really powerful point that forgiveness goes across the board. It doesn't matter what you've done or what's been done to you. Forgiveness is available for everybody. And, and that's a, that sometimes that's a really tough thing to think about. I mean, it's really tough to think everybody can be forgiven. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost like a human condition. Wait a minute. Not Hitler. You know what I mean? Not not the real bad guy. He can't be forgiven. You know, I mean, he did so much bad stuff, or she did so much bad stuff. It's a really, it's a really great point. It's especially, it's very poignant right now for Christianity to hear that message of wait a minute, forgiveness is actually across the board. We can forgive Hillary, and we can forgive Trump, or we can forgive you know the bad guys, or we can forgive whatever. Like we're like we're not going to carry hate, or we're not going to carry unforgiveness. Like we we actually forgiveness is for all. That's the actual. Christian message, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Right. I mean, think of, think of all of the hate or evil or negativity you have been able to, um, dismantle through the body of love. Really forgiveness. Think of, Mm -hmm. think of how, how much we've been able to do with that. And then think of how much hate and uh, you know, darkness and, and evil, you've been able to dismantle through fear or hatred. You know, right. like it doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't work. It, it does. 
it doesn't, it does not exist. Um, and you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and yeah, go, go real intricate here. I mean, I'm just saying the place that I feel called and led to love people is through the experiences that, um, a one, like this music scene, um, you know, I feel, uh, and have for many years to invest in it and the people that are a part of it. And then two, um, you know, through my own personal experiences of pain and suffering or joy and happiness, um, or just things that I've experienced, I've been, I've been able to, um, love people with those, you know, and choose, choose, choose love. And what's funny is like, you can either choose love or you can choose hate. Okay. Either one, you're going to suffer. Right. Okay. There's no, there's no, you're going to suffer for one of them. So which one are you going to suffer for? Okay. Because you know, that hate is full of resentment, anger, frustration, pain, um, addiction, whatever. Okay. Betrayal. And then, and then love is sacrifice. Love is giving love is stepping outside of the comfort zone into the boundary of unconditional, you know, over the boundary of conditional love. And that takes a lot, you know, that, that hurts too. So that's what I think, you know, and and I'm not going to sit here and say that I forgive everybody or that I'm so quick to think this way. You know what I mean? Um, that's not in my nature. My nature is to, uh, fight, um, or to, you know, judge. Um, but you know, I think maybe as far as Christianity is concerned, uh, maybe the Christians should start thinking to themselves, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to suffer. Uh, yeah. so which one, which one am I really going to choose here? I'm going to steal everything you just said. <laughs> I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it. You're going to steal? Yeah. Steal it? You're gonna it, was steal too, it? it was too awesome not for me to say that I came up with it. <laughs> that was that was very, very good. I, I'm telling you, man, that's awesome. I, I mean, I thought you were just an unbelievable kick-ass fucking screamer, and here you are saying shit that's changing people's lives. That's pretty amazing. So I actually really respect that a lot. For sure. Yeah, I couldn't. So. I, mean, I know you've been saying this stuff a long time. I just can't understand that screaming stuff you do. Yeah. It, it's probably what you, you've been saying all along. I yeah, you've, been hoot, you've been hooting and hollering so long. I we didn't, well, I could, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> man. I can't good. understand that shit. Yeah. Finally, you just talk normal and I understand you but, for once. So good. <laughs> Jake, thank you so much for coming on here. I, it, it actually really is very challenging. I really appreciate the things you've been saying. Very, very great in the sense of you're not you know, you actually are admitting your weaknesses and then also saying the things that we can maybe do and change. So thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. We really appreciate it. And you guys are, tell us about, you're going on tour. What, what, when's your next tour and what's going on? Yeah, man. Um, August Friends Red is going to do a 10 year anniversary of our messages tour, mm-hmm. which, yeah. uh, that's actually the first record that I put out with the band. Um, and we're doing the entire album through and through from beginning to end. Um, and then uh, we're going to sprinkle a couple other songs in the set. Um, but we have a really cool VIP package for this. We have a, a photo album book uh, with photos from um, the two years that that record was out uh, along with um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff, all the laminates, pictures of all the laminates that were on those tours, um, all the tour dates are lined up um, and just kind of like some, some stuff that, you know, has never been published or spoken about from the band. So it's a really cool thing for, um, our fans who have been a part of that um, yeah. time period with us. Absolutely. Uh, and it's going to be six weeks long and it's going to be all over the United States. And I think we're dipping into Canada a few times. When you say the tour dates are lined up, what do you mean by that? You mean y- y'all are playing? Um, well, when I met with the photo album. Oh, with the that, photo album. I see. Okay. Yeah. We have every single date. That's awesome. Of every single tour that yeah. we 
Oh, that's so that, rad. So. That's so yeah, good. people will love that. Oh, Jake. man, that's a great idea. Yeah. The photo album. Yeah. So just you just got to go to augustburnsred.com and we have all our VIP tickets and all the dates there. That's cool. amazing. Well, thanks for coming back to our podcast yeah, for a third time. Yeah, we'll man, do, we'll do the guys. fourth pretty soon here. So thank you, Jake. All right. Take care, Jen. Talk to you soon. Man. I did, shit, I didn't get to ask him what he thought about Leviticus 19.28. Damn it. You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Oh, you just missed that. Just hung up. You want me to get him back no, on? No, just I'll let ring it go. him back up. Let it go. He's a sinner. He has tons of tattoos. Bastard. Golly. Hit. <laughs> Joe, okay. Joey, hey. Pastor Joey has tattoos. Matt, you have tattoos? I have tattoos. Dude. Now, Joey, Dude, do you I, believe that? Like, Joey, if you take I, high Joey, school, on, Joey, I, I would have never gotten tattoos. I want to ask you a question as Pastor Joey. Is there any chance? you what's, what's the percentage chance you think because all three of us have t- tattoos that we'll be annihilated. It's possible, <laughs> at least. I mean, what's your percentage chance? I'm being serious. Is Z- there? What is your real? Zero. Chance? Zero. But I will. Hey, not you zero. guys will get oh, a kick out of this. Zero. My zero. God, not zero. You don't know the Bible. I'm never going to your church. You don't know the Bible <laughs> You know, at all. in high school, I had a thought. I was like, you know what? I, I probably would never be smart enough to get into these schools. You're right. But if, you were totally even, right. even if I did, there's no way I could go to Wake Forest or Duke. And I'm dead Why? serious. Why? Because they're demon deacons and blue devils? Yes. Like, I just thought there's no way a Christian can go to that school. I mean, that's how warped <laughs> my brain was, man. Well, luckily, you didn't get accepted to those <laughs> Seriously. high-brow schools that we went to Winthrop Public <laughs> State School. No, those are states. Anyway, but they're harder to get into Wake Forest and Duke for sure. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah. let me recap for people that your book is out. There's, there is a uh, what I'm going to call a hiccup, and that is the physical copies we do not have in hand. Um, we're scrambling to try to get them as soon as we can and out to you. But the the book is out, Fundamentalist. You can get it at badchristian.com. It should only be like about a, a week or two. I don't know. It could be that. two weeks. I don't know. So if you want to freak out that you can't get a physical in hand, I apologize. Feel free to freak out. But you can read the if, – if you buy the physical or order it now, it'll get there eventually, and you can read the digital in the meantime um, or just wait till we get it fully in stock. But I will confess to you, we don't have them – I wish I had, what I want to do is hold one up and show it to you. Right, right. now, I, I don't have it. So we're getting that figured out and worked out as we speak. But the book is Fundamentalist. I think it's a good book. I think you will like it very much. Now, um, if we're done with that, we're going to wrap the episode, but I have another special announcement. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've been... Hey, real quickly, before you say that, in the book, in the, when you do, I'd go ahead and get the physical copy because when it gets there... Joey actually does a diagram of his actual penis size. Yeah, Go ahead, like Matt. A, yeah you can that, trace yours yeah, on there yeah. too. That has, does, like, his, yeah, it's like, like a dotted here. line. It goes, here's what's normal. Here's what's adult size. Here's what's yeah. huge. And so you get to see where Joey lands between adult size, huge, or tiny, That's right. micro. Joe, you get to see where Joey lands with his penis. Yeah, you get his. Hey, but. Matt, before you, Joey, that before penis you go created on, four kids. I, Joey, your penis I, created four kids. So no matter what, you did it. <laughs> Amen. I really, I really want to ask y'all this though, like about your penis. Matt, I, I love your penis. I, love I, your cock. Please, I please love let your me cock. ask this. So, your Matt, cock. I know for you, I know for your you, cock. like reading this book, it was almost like confirmation of okay, this this <laughs> gives me some insight on Joey. He, you know, that he really is crazy and stuff. But like, wait, seriously, wait, wait. you think it took the book? Me reading your book to think you're crazy? <laughs> That's what you think? Here's what Joey was saying just now. He's saying, he's saying, I'm interacting with him on a daily level, and there's some part of me that was going, am I crazy or is he crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but here, here's my question is having, having those specific insights 
on like the things that I thought, the things that I told over. Like, do you guys see me differently? No, I but see not as adult, adult size. The, the only thing that's interesting to me <laughs> is just that, like, there's a little bit of friction in my head to be totally honest with the way that you talk about in the book, like you were crazy. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and it's, I understand you've got a great grip on it and your ability to talk about it and analyze it is, is amazing, good, and therapeutic. However, there's some element of some of the themes that are there that persist currently. More, yeah, but probably not, more not than in such a crazy it. way. No, definitely that's, not. That's my point. Yeah, not as much. So I mean, you're on what, the right that's track. What I, that's what a person. You're would on say, the right like track, you. and and I would that's name exactly it. what a person like you would say. <laughs> no, but I would I name mean, not as not as much as it used to be, right? No, it's not as God. bad as it used to be. But I would name that because a lot of pathological diseases and addictions and things that are wrong with people do progress over time. Now you are on the right track, and that should be that should feel good. And I would only point to the fact that taking a deep breath and being able to admit stuff and say stuff and write the fact that you can write the book is a step in the right direction. The fact that you can do this podcast, the fact that you can uh, deconstruct your Christianity or de- do annihilationism, whatever the stuff is, all those things are steps in the right direction of like getting closer to reality and less in that la la land. But I still think you're a little bit crazy. Yeah, but yeah, he, I mean, he, here's the, a, a lot of your la la land is just not Matt Carter. I understand that. I, <laughs> I get that. Okay, can I give a special announcement? Yeah, wrap I'd up love here? it. Yes. Okay, so we've been saying the the for the BC Club, we did some we, you know, we outlaid the we outlined some new perks lately, which is the best one is we right. get, you get an extra podcast every single week from us, and you get one that's even more raw and less public facing than this one. You get the one where everybody knows the inside jokes and we're just talking. So if you listen to this podcast a lot, uh, you've a lot of people have joined the BC Club just to get that extra podcast and we do some Facebook chats and some other stuff and you get to be part of our Facebook community. Now, here's our Christmas present to you. If you're a fence sitter, if you've thought about it even once and you're so lazy and pathetic that you still didn't join, we're going to just go ahead and let you join for free for the month of December as a oh, Christmas hell present. Yes. Okay? Oh, so hell yes. Okay? So nothing to it. And guess what? I'm, I mean, seriously, no credit card, none of that, nothing like that. Literally, all you got to do is go to badchristian.com. Reva, is it on the website? Hell yeah. Okay, so it's on the website right now. Go to badchristian.com right now. Join the BC Club for free. Join our Facebook community. See what it's about. You'll see what the thing is that we're always talking about. You're going to love it. Um, It's only going to be free for like a month. I don't know what the cutoff date is, but we'll give you a month for free for sure. You know, and it is a little calculated on my part. I believe you will decide to pay for it after that. But just to make sure... Um, maybe you'll just enjoy it for free. Maybe we'll let the trial run a couple extra weeks. But, you, it, but just come on, join the Facebook group, see what the thing, if you're just curious, that's okay with me. I think you'll like what we do. You get the extra podcast. It's free. Kids. So I want as many people as possible <laughs> to sign up for the BC Club. Come join us. Everybody in the BC Club will welcome you. Yes, Jesus. Um, you'll like us. It's going to be fun. And I think a lot, I mean, like I said, it's calculated. I think I a lot of you it. will stick around after that. But if not, no big deal. But I just want to prove some to of, you how much I believe that the BC yes. Club is fun and worth joining. That with no credit card required, go to badchristian.com right now. Join it. Check us out. I think you'll like it. Yeah, and if that doesn't convince you, then peer pressure will. Because Joe Moore, Timothy Ambit, mm-hmm. Andrew Garcia, uh-huh. they joined. Hallelujah. Weston Fusselman, Amen. Nathan Follett, Praise his name. Matthew Olstad, Daniel Valencia, Praise they God. joined. Amen. Brady Jackson they Campbell, mm. Ward Huey, 
Matthew Don't Urs, shoot him down while he's Brent teaching. Green. Don't shoot him down Dave while he's preaching. There Elizabeth Fannin, Nathan Yantis, yep. Ryan Hahn, mm-hmm. Taylor Price. They, they joined. you. I've got to be. I didn't think he would join. Listen, he did. Listen, he did part join. of the perks of joining the club is their names being read on Hallelujah. the podcast about your dumbass trying to talk over it. Would you rather so have your name read your or would you rather have your name read and hear amen from Toby after? Yeah. Your choice. No, your amen was covering up the name after the name that was read. Hell yeah. Hey, Joey, I didn't want to say this, but I don't want to end the podcast this way, but your dad, you, I think you said this in the book. I don't think you remember right. He didn't say adult size. He said fun size. Yeah. <laughs> you know how candy bars are fun size? And it's fun, but it's just a little bit less. It's not all, not the whole candy bar. It's not like a normal a regular candy bar. Snicker. There's king there's size Snickers and there's a fun size Snickers. Joy, you got fun size. Fundamentalistpastor.com. Saved by his grace. Saved to serve. Singing his praises. Hallelujah. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.